from McKinsey's business building practice, Leap, I'm Andrew Roth and welcome to The Venture, a series featuring conversations with legendary venture builders about how to design, launch, and scale new businesses. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice on how leaders can build successful businesses from scratch. In this episode of The Venture, we share a conversation with Thomas Gross, CEO and co-founder of Circuli, a Berlin-based distributor of pre-owned digital hardware. The German startup provides smaller businesses with a green and cost-effective alternative to new IT devices, offering them professionally tested and warrantied hardware previously leased by large corporates. Gross sat down with McKinsey's Thomas Lavuka to discuss the central importance of the circular business model, the challenges of pioneering a new business category, and the advantages of being backed by a corporate investor with a ready supply of high-quality pre-owned devices. Hey, Thomas. Real pleasure to have you on. Hey, Thomas. Nice to be connected and having the chance to talk to you. Absolutely. It's a really exciting topic we want to cover. And first things first, I'm really interested in learning why is it that circular economy really has to, a role to play in solving the climate crisis? Our climate crisis is obviously to a large extent driven by our CO2 emissions across the bunch of industries. And there's only so much we can do in terms of producing and consuming what we need with more efficient processes that produce less CO2. So CO2 emissions will only get us so far. We need to do more than just curb CO2 emissions or consumption, we in fact need to become more efficient in reusing our resources. So that really is about if at the end consuming less rare metals, for example, or precious minerals that are only available to a certain extent. So that's a big part of climate change, of our climate change battle is in fact learning how to use the resources and reuse the resources that we have. The other part is really learning how to reuse our resources and effectively make more out of these for our livelihood on the planet. That's effectively the reason why circular economy or circular business models are required in many industries. That's quite interesting. And coming from Europe yourself, I know on the consumer side, this is something that resonates with many. Using less, doing your part, and ultimately are fueling the circular economy. It's something which is top of mind in many of the countries. However, you're building a business which is B2B. How does that resonate in this segment? And perhaps what's the opportunity here? First of all, probably important to just mention us for the listeners. So what we do is we effectively extend the lifetime of IT devices. So that's IT hardware like laptops, phones, monitors, and so forth. And this category specifically of products, which are at the end tools that we need to do our work, this category of products has been slow, let's say, to move to a reuse or circular model. If you were to do the comparison to used cars, right? The used car market is actually pretty established. Consumers and businesses have been, are used to by now to buy used cars and use used cars. Why has it not become a normality, let's say in the IT hardware space? The IT hardware space has been slower to move to really a reuse, a pre-owned model or market. And consumers, in fact, have been leading that that's category in terms of reuse or lifetime extension through a partial ownership model. Consumers have been buying IT hardware that is pre-owned already for quite some time, but businesses have been slower to do that. When you look at the business landscape, especially in Europe, companies, corporates 
are still or have been still very much leaning on new devices to equip their employees. It's rather rare for companies to really lean into pre-owned IT hardware. And there's a specific reasons why that is. Number one, companies really need IT hardware to work. And second, and typically it's not the area where they will look for cost savings. And it is one of those areas where employers also believe or have the paradigm that equipping employees with new devices is giving employees sort of the extra appreciation. Imagine you're an employee and you're getting a used device that looks like it's been used already for quite some time. Likely you'll be less excited, let's say, about your hardware than if it was new, brand new. So ultimately risk aversion or inconvenience. It's what has been basically keeping businesses really from leaning into the pre-owned opportunity. And this is exactly what we're changing with Circle E. So we're trying to make this entire process and the quality of pre-owned IT hardware so good that it actually becomes as easy as buying and deploying new IT hardware. And that's really where I think the magic and our impact comes in is we're making this path so simple, so convenient that it effectively is, it becomes a choice that you can't avoid anymore. You can't ignore anymore. This is what we're in the process of doing with Sequoli and, and we're seeing, you're seeing some really encouraging first results um, after almost a year of of operation and we're seeing businesses actually opening up to the idea. And we can talk about some of the reasons why, but we believe that basically we have an offering that is working for businesses and we're seeing businesses actually taking the leap of faith and being rewarded as well. This sounds like a really interesting story. I want to go there in a second, but what you just now spoke about is a really high barriers of entry. There's one challenge after another that you would have to overcome. And it is really a treasure chest or worth of the market. I know within McKinsey, you've done a survey and a bit of analysis on the potential value pool in the circular economy and combined with not just the electronics, but you know, sustainable packaging and fashion. This is almost a, a trillion dollar market by 2030. I'm clearly on the same wavelength that there is an opportunity to tap into. I'm curious, before we go into the battle stories, how did you really begin the journey of climbing this mountain of, of one challenge after another that you have to overcome. How did you tap into this opportunity? There's one big barrier of entry into this specific market, and that is the access to high-quality pre-owned devices. So how did actually Circle sort of come to life? Effectively, I was serving as a consultant, a client, and a large IT leasing company that effectively had this idea to reuse devices that were coming back from leasing agreements. Typically, they were getting all these devices that they were leasing to large corporate clients, which is the segment that they focus on. So blue chip companies, really large corporations. And then these devices are used in these IT leasing agreements for about two years, two and a half years sometimes. And then they were historically just selling these devices off to brokers. When we were working with them, we saw the opportunity to effectively use these devices to really create a distinct and high quality offering for pre-owned IT for businesses focused on the small to mid-sized business segment or company segment and small to mid-sized because this is where really there was no offering that was working for companies. So large companies, corporates have access to 
leasing, which is essentially, it's a use model, right? So they essentially use the hardware for a certain amount of time, and then they have the flexibility to either buy it out or continue leasing it or switching to newer devices. But smaller and mid-sized businesses often do not have access to the leasing opportunity, partly because of credit risk or financial default risk, but also because they do not want to commit for very long. They have trouble entering these contracts that is locking them in right for a longer amount of time. So, and then there's another reason, which is just the size of internal use pools, right? So the larger the company is, the more likely they will have their own internal used IT device pool. If you're a small company, you're likely not going to have a large pool. In fact, every new employee will very likely require you to buy another device. So these factors lead to the fact that, let's say, SME market is really the underserved market and where the, the big potential lies. And if you also think about the market size or the, the impact, let's say the size of the market that is where you have the biggest opportunity to really create an, an environmental impact is really in that small to mid-sized segment. And for the client, it was really an opportunity to create a new business model that was very digitally oriented and set up in terms of its processes, right? Really building a company that is digital first. On the other side, it was leaning really into an opportunity to create an environmental impact. And for them strategically, also, it was an opportunity to extend the value chain, right? So rather than stopping where you essentially get these devices back and then sell them off to brokers, you effectively quality test them. And I can go through the process, but you add process steps and you add really also a brand service model around it to then serve businesses who are effectively really extending the value chain and for this client, right? So this was the opportunity, right? Then we effectively got started and we had the chance to, I think, move very, very fast. I and mean, I can go into the details how that came about, but working with this client who was determined then to go after this opportunity with the appropriate resources allowed us to essentially build Circuli and get it to market within six months post really the decision to build the business. This uh, unprecedented speed. You know, it sounds like the client at the end of the day now, your partner saw that they have unique assets. You have this value chain that you can extend and you saw a huge market within the SMEs that don't have their own pool. They could be served there. They could actually elevate quite a bit of the environmental footprint. You saw that you could build digital first business and the client was clear. Okay, let's go and let's build this. One of the advantages that I can imagine you might have and you tapped into it. So I want to tag on is the resources part, right? If you were to go and build this on your own as a founder, like both of us being founders and going through the usual fundraising cycles, you would be quite scared because it's winter right now. It's very hard to race and the conditions are not ideal. Yet with a, such a strong partner, which you are helping to capture the and extend the value chain, I can imagine the story is planning out a bit differently. Can you share a bit more on how the resourcing is coming to place and what is it that it's helping you to unlock? Yeah, I think you're spot on. Right now, the environment is very challenging, I think, for entrepreneurs and businesses that are in the formation phase, right in that initial phase where they're really building the business, improving the business model, and then obviously over time require more capital and need to raise more money to really scale the business. So what you just said is exactly right. We're in a lucky situation where 
we do not have to fight for fundraising and spend time on it. In fact, we can spend the majority of our time really building the business. And that is because what we did together with the leadership team of our client is we set up a business plan early on that I think was quite realistic in terms of the resources that were needed. And we obviously also went through scenarios where we would need more resources than initially planned. So overall, we did a good amount of planning and upfront expectation setting, also what it requires to get such a business off the ground. But the other part is really, at the end, the access to these devices and working capital. So you got to imagine in order to serve businesses effectively with pre-owned IT, you need to hold inventory. So that means that you need to, to really have a significant amount of devices actually on hand in order to fulfill the demand fast enough. Because businesses, once they decide to buy hardware, typically there's a need. Typically there's a need at the moment to equip someone. The other difference is that this company really has a long-term vision. So for them, it's strategically important and they do not think about this like a financial investor, like a VC or a growth PE that would have very clear timing expectation in terms of realizing return. This company really is there for the long run. And it is also a type of business where, quite frankly, you need time in order to really ultimately create a category. Effectively, that's what we're doing. We're creating a new category, which is highest quality pre-owned IT that works for businesses. And that takes some time. And it takes time to convince, obviously, customers. It takes time also to really build the supply chain and perfect it, um, ensure constant and sufficient supply of devices. And once you have those things, obviously, you really create an impact. You have the chance to build a category, but it takes time and it takes vision and it takes breath. Going back to your question, I think if I were now in a situation where with a group of people, we had decided to go on our own and really bootstrap this and at some point raise capital from the outside, I'd be quite nervous at the moment with the environment. <laughs> I think nervous might be an understatement, but I, I, you might be on the other side of the spectrum here, right? Because what I hear you say is, look, I'm building a launchpad for ultimately building a new category. I have the resources that's needed with the plan B and your partner is in it for the long run. That's right. This is really exciting because what it enables you is then to focus on the different battles. As a venture builder, as founder, you really have so many battles to fight at the same time. Resources is not one of them. So that's great. What I can imagine, though, is having those resources, you still have to bring in the talent. You have to bring in the people to ultimately fulfill this long-term vision that you're shaping and building new category. How are you thinking about this? How do you really tap into the best talent that it is required to build something so unique and so special? I think it's a great question, important question. And I think you just hit on it. The, the fact that we have the backing by a company with resources that has a long-term vision doesn't mean that we're free of any expectations. Of course, our backer and investor, even though they're strategically invested in thinking long-term, they are expecting a return. They are expecting that we deliver results. I think that the big difference really is the, the long-term vision and the breadth and the strategic rationale that is behind it. That said, we have pressure, we have a plan, and that plan is ambitious. And in order to realize this plan, and I'm going really answering to your question around talent, we need great people. We need people with the right mindset, with the right skill set. And I'd say that in spite of having 
resources and having the backing of a strategic investor, it's been challenging for us to source the right talent, bring them on board fast enough. Quite frankly, it is right now probably one of our most important bottlenecks for growth and scalability. You know, highlighting a couple of areas where we're really feeling the constraint in the talent market and the competition in the talent market market is obviously continues to be developers, right? I mean, this is an evergreen story. Engineers who have not only the technical background and know the right programming languages, but also have the right mindset, right? Know how to really work in a very early stage, agile environment. And the other role, and that's been, I think, more surprising to me, is sales. So obviously, we have a big sales task. We need to convince and not only decision makers or leadership teams of companies, but we also have to overcome scrutiny and the risk aversion of IT administrators, which very often tend to be the gatekeepers in our case. And so therefore, you, you need actually real sales talent. On the sales side, you need people who are passionate, who obviously understand the technical aspects of the product and the service that we're delivering. And then you need them in a way that Obviously, they're available, that they're ready to jump in now, not in, in half a year, not in a year, right? And the competition for sales, for people who have sales experience, let's say B2B sales experience, is quite intense. We've been really struggling to find people that are have the right mindset, have the right experience, and are ready to come in right away. We're developing plans and strategies on how to overcome those bottlenecks. But it's been a very real challenge, I have to admit. I can only imagine. I'm quite interested to hear what is it that worked for you and what is it that helped you set yourself apart? One, you do have the resources, you have the backer, you have existing business. I can imagine some of the candidates would be perhaps more keen to join your new venture with such a solid and long-term oriented partner. I can imagine there's also the sustainability component to it, but I'm really keen to hear from you. What is it that helps you to set yourself apart from the crowd? Yes, we have the advantage of having a strategic investor and availability of resources. And we have the ability to really look into candidates' eyes and say, we have the capital secured, we are funded. And we all know that this happens a lot. And at the end, the reality looks different. In our case, we can really be confident and have full integrity when we look at our candidates into their eyes and say, we're fully funded. We have the resourcing to operate and scale. The other part is, and you just touched on it, it's the impact potential and really the purpose of the business. So our purpose is really to, at the end, make the world more sustainable. And we do this with a model where in fact, there's very little downsides for businesses because we deliver cost savings, we deliver highest convenience, we deliver um, really a mod product and a service that, that works for businesses. So we're over time, hopefully our clients will understand that this is a no regrets way to go. But when you go back to the talent discussion, this situation and let's say context obviously helps us to source and convince people to join our journey. And we do find it easier to engage in potential talent because of our mission, because we deliver real impact. And we're able now to show very concrete impact numbers and talk about these already, even after a bit more than half a year that we've been in the market. And that is, of course, helping us to convince talent. 
That said, talent has many options to choose from. And one can argue purpose can be found in, in, in other areas than just sustainability. And I think that's fine, but it means also that we're not free from that competition. So we do need to have a very thorough employer value proposition, a proper recruiting process to be fast in making offers to the right people. This is all exciting. And yet it sounds like there is still quite a hill to climb for you on that front as well. That's right. One point that I didn't mention, which I think is actually quite important. When we decided together with our backer investor to launch the business, and when we thought through the resourcing and what it would take to actually build a really great team quickly, we made sure that we had the position and the situation to give every employee equity. And we actually technically, legally, difficult to get to give everyone real equity. So what we did is we created virtual equity, which mirrors essentially the cap table, which gives us the opportunity to have every employee participate, though, economically one-to-one to the financial outcomes of the company that hopefully eventually will kick in. And I think that's a really important asset and argument in the talent market. So especially in Europe, you still you're hard pressed or you find very few companies that really give equity to their early employees systematically in the market. Very often entrepreneurs in Europe, they're not advised necessarily, they're not pushed necessarily by VC firms. And it's the culture, but it's also, let's say, the, the legal environment, the framework that is not conducive to that. And we found a solution. We actually worked pretty hard to find a solution that gives us the opportunity to really have everyone participate in the long-term outcomes of the company. And I strongly believe that's a big asset and will make a difference over time. And, and we do see that that is also an argument as we source and, and convince talent. That really resonates. And it sounds like you're doing yet another important work on the innovation front, introducing the shadow or virtual equity, which ultimately, as you said, right, that really mirrors your own equity. It really sounds like you are building the business, as you mentioned, digital first. Very interesting in the learnings. Very exciting journey, Thomas. Really thanks for sharing. And I can't wait to see where this will take you in the next years to come. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. I appreciate the good questions and thanks for the encouragement. We'll look forward to catching up with you in a few years and giving you an update on, on where we stand. But things are looking promising and we're really excited about what we're doing and Hopefully, we can really generate a, a real impact with our solution and with our customers together. Can't wait for the next episode on that one. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks a lot. You have been listening to The Venture. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to leave a review and rating on your favorite episode. We will be back with a brand new episode next month.